Sometimes things are as dramatic as, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. But <laughs> usually they are not. Because of the world play and its complexities and the conditions under which the divine acts, that's what last time we had read. How Shurabindo tested and retested each and every aspect and limb of yoga, literally mapping out a whole uh, graph of things as to how the divine consciousness acts, when does it act, what are the conditions, when does it override the conditions, etc., etc. So it's a very um, interesting subject, which I thought we could read today, but uh, probably we'll keep it for July as we enter into closer to Shurabindo's birthday. Last week, we also read about Monod Harzen's um, interview or, or talk. He also made some very interesting observations. One observation was that uh, he, uh, he shared that, you know, in the ashram, everybody seems happy. There is a joy in the atmosphere. And I was struck when I read it that, yes, this is so true, that by and large, regardless of things happening here and there and all around, people are happy. Uh, the cause of this joy is, of course, we, may, we all can understand at one level. But it is there. It's there in the very atmosphere. The second thing he observed very rightly that very often people change tracks here. So singer becomes an accountant, doctor becomes a poet and a philosopher. Uh, some people carry on with two-two things or uh, people develop faculties of painting uh, who didn't know even how to hold a pencil and draw a straight line. So this is another thing which happens due to the pressure of the yoga. Uh, within the ashram context and everything is developed like that that unlike outside normally you will first make a building and then you will call for people to take care of that place like you know medical colleges engineering colleges how they come into being is somebody has a plan that i want to start a medical college so they will make a college uh, then when it is nearing completion then they will start looking for doctors who will come and work there but here it's worked just the other way around so there were people who had the aspiration, some bodybuilder came who had an aspiration and eventually a whole department of physical education develops. And that's why the departments are also many times named around the person. So we have, you know, not tailoring department, we will have Albert Das department, Sahana Das department, very fascinating, you know. It can be disorienting to some because um, they don't even know who the person was <laughs> and the department is named after the person because... He was like a pioneer who had an aspiration and things developed around the person. Now this is of course one aspect of um, ashram life and the yoga which goes on here. But there is another yoga which is going on in the world and we see glimpses of this yoga uh, in the Gita. Mother has elaborated on it at a great length. But in the Gita there is a mention of the yoga in the world uh, uh, that goes on in the world. And it builds up to that, particularly in the Vibhuti Yoga, then of course the vision of time, the destroyer, uh, Avatar himself comes to do the yoga of the world and Gyan Vigyan Yoga, where yoga is not confined to individuals, but is taking place at a much larger scale in earth. And because of that, new things are evolving and developing in nature under the pressure of a consciousness, which human beings are seldom aware. The difference is, that when the yoga is conscious, then we are aware of the source and we are full of gratitude and um, humility. But when we are not aware 
and things develop then it may fill the mind with pride and arrogance though in some cases humility also develops because people realize that it's not you know their own thing so recently i was struck with this phenomena and this keeps happening of mohammad ali we know he just died on 2nd june very interesting phenomena he was born cassius clay and then he converted to islam because you know he felt that as a black american he was not treated rightly and of course we know the racism that went on and to an extent is still there um, so he suffered because of it and changed himself to islam and what kind of islam literally believing that there should be an islamic rule in the world <laughs> so but then he got disenchanted he discovered that no this is dangerous and they are killing people because of all this so he changed to a mainstream sunni muslim then he discovered that no this also is uh, not what i want so he turned to sufism and took the spiritual side of islam it's a very interesting life because the man who was a pugilist in many ways one can say that he was a vibhuti whether of a you know there are two kinds of vibhutis those of the titans and those of the godly kind which are emanations there is no doubt about it some of his utterances speak of that but in the beginning we see a utter arrogance so much so that he would tell his opponents if you even dream of beating me you better wake up and apologize that was a kind of arrogance he would say that even if you are dreaming of beating me but later on he would change the you know i picked up some of his quotes which are very interesting they show that it was not just an average ordinary human being who became a good boxer but something else which was working within him um, as part of the experiment that goes on in earth from time to time and i just got a list of some of these quotes and uh, they are very interesting some of these are of course very nice very interesting and beautiful for his uh, boxing he used to use this um, method which was no method at that point of time float like a butterfly sting like a bee so one of the big problems of his opponents was that they felt he is vulnerable but he was so fast that before they could they felt that he is vulnerable and they would hit him but before they could reach out he was so fast on his feet that he would change his poise and he would hit back so it was one of his great qualities then something very interesting he said is service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth something very beautiful that well not to serve and just go away amassing things for your selfish gains means as good or as bad as being a tenant in a house and not paying the rent for it so it was very beautiful don't count the days make the days count if my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it then i can achieve it so this was one of the things that he actually practiced and we know to what extent he rose i mean he is a legendary boxer we all know that um, among the 100 most influential men of the century his name came and he became an icon figure in in many ways i'm not going to talk about all the fights that he won but just to understand the man and then he says which is so applicable to yoga shobindo describes this phenomena almost in a letter where he speaks about the need for self discipline i hated every minute of training but i said don't quit suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion so this is so true that even in 
when we take to a life of uh, inner life it's very bitter in the beginning shubindra says that it's difficult you are called upon to do difficult things that's why people who think uh, that spirituality is an escaping escapism they don't know anything about spirituality because it's very far from escapism escapism is ordinary life where you have to do nothing but drift with life mechanically but this is hard stuff and then look how he makes everything alive and conscious but in a very strange way i done wrestled with an alligator i done wrestled with a whale handcuffed lightning thrown thunder in jail only last week i murdered a rock injured a stone hospitalized a brick i am so mean i make medicine sick this is not a by any it's the sign of somebody who is feeling an extraordinary energy inside and we'll read what shirbindra has spoken about this phenomena he who, who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life it's so true in everyday life and so much in yoga and there was a very human side of him friendship is not something you learn in school but if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship you really haven't learned anything something i have made my share of mistakes along the way but if i have changed even one life for the better i haven't lived in vain and then this is something very interesting and important again in the life of yoga life is not smooth we all know that and uh, people think that only their life is not smooth <laughs> but <laughs> no life is smooth <laughs> in fact if it was very smooth it won't be worth living perhaps because <laughs> a side of us comes out when we face the challenges of life only a man who knows what it is like to be defeated can reach down to the bottom of his soul and come up with the extra ounce of power it takes to win when the match is even so this there is very nice documentary i had watched once the wounded healer and basically the theme was that you can't become a good healer unless you have known what it means to suffer in life at some level or the other so sometime when i am sitting outside my room in the dispensary so people ask what's happened with you so i say i am feeling what it is to be a patient <laughs> at least <laughs> you need to know what it means to wait what it means to go through everything but then then compassion develops it is in the mountains ahead to climb that wear you out it's so 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 true it's the pebble in your shoe so the difficulty is within us and if we feel we are getting tired and we don't like life it's not others who are to be blamed and complained but something within me which has gone wrong there is a pebble in my shoe of course the name of that pe- pebble is mr ego or miss desire hiding somewhere <laughs> but it is that which is creating the sense of weariness not the mountain the man who has no imagination has no wings i am an ordinary man who worked hard to develop the talent i was given i believe in myself and i believe in the goodness of others so there are number of things like that which you know he came up with and they are of course they were also very uh, full of arrogance but just to show what kind of dreams he nurtured 
because he felt that extra abundant energy inside so he says i am so fast it's a little jovial also i am so fast that last night i turned off the light switch in my hotel room and was in bed before the room was dark <laughs> now this he had a sense of humor surely and yes two more you lose nothing when fighting for a cause in my mind the losers are those who don't have a cause they care about something very very beautiful and the last one is you know it almost reminds us of napoleon impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they have been given than to explore the power they have to change it impossible is not a fact it's an opinion who could say this impossible is not a declaration it's a dare impossible is potential impossible is temporary impossible is nothing and we know that adidas has picked up this last bit impossible is nothing and they use it for their advertisement i think adidas or nike one of them but <laughs> this original is from mohammed ali so we can see we had our own um, such um, person but those days uh, because the media was no so, not so active um, very few may be knowing in today's context but sure bindu has immortalized him by taking his name and he was mr rammurthy naidu i don't know if anyone has heard his name or not and he came from vijayanagaram so he was uh, a very troublesome and quarrelsome child so much so that father could not deal with him and sent him away uncle said okay let me handle him <laughs> so because he was so energetic and quarrelsome and uh, you know he couldn't sit uh, you know rest for a while he put him on to a gym so he started practicing gym eventually he joined the police and then but this took took the better of him and he became such a world fame wrestler that he was given the title of kalyugi bhim and hercules so what were his feats just to name a few um when king george didn't believe that you know he can do such feats one of the feats he did in public was that he made himself tie with iron chain and then just by breathing out he broke the chains it's documented and seen it's not something which where he broke it with the hand simply by the power of his intercostal muscles so he you know they didn't believe him so he went to london where they actually tied his hands with iron chain and um, the prince drove the car at full speed tried to drive it but couldn't because he was holding it tight he just won't let go he could make an elephant stand for 5 minutes on his chest nothing happened and he had once challenged the british government that if you um, take my challenge i'll stop a full speed train but you'll have to give freedom to india and they were so scared that they didn't take the challenge it's a known thing of course they said no no if you die who will be responsible so what he did was that he 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 had a circus company and he earned crores of rupees which he gave for the indian freedom struggle and shubindu speaks about him of the capacities of the body which are possible this man was a pure vegetarian just for record uh, and um, the the other good part about him was that uh, he was asked that what is the secret of your power now see two poles mohammed ali 
married four times with number of children. This man unmarried. And when he was asked, what is the secret of your strength? He said, Brahmacharya. This was his, uh, he had strength practices, the power to resist air, force air in full force, the power to resist water in full force. He could stand all that. So there are exceptional type of human beings. Another one recently died, Manoharaj, the first Mr. Universe from India who uh, was known as Pocket Hercules, very short, stout man, died at 104. So there have been such um, incredible kind of phenomena and in India they are called as vibhutis. Now in ancient times they were very much um, respected. See when we read Indian literature we will see a lot of superhuman beings. It's like we were in love with superhumanity. Of course they are superhumanity of the old creation. The new superhumanity will be very different. But nature exceeding its capacities. In the western world they were called as geniuses. Uh, and very often it would break in the mold because it's an exaggeration of dimension. And what does Shiobindu has to write about it? Because people have a tendency when they see greatness, they look for the size of the shoe and the shadow. They don't see the greater part. So Shiobindu says, why should the divine not care for outer greatness? This is a conception we have. Oh, divine doesn't care for greatness. He only cares for this. Of course he cares for this. But he also cares for outer greatness. He cares for everything in the universe. All greatness is the vibhuti of the divine, says the Gita. Obviously, outer greatness is not the aim of yoga. But that is no reason why one should not recognize the part played by greatness in the order of the universe. So this is the... That's why in the Gita we see the term vibhuti yoga. It is the result of Krishna's yoga with creation, with the earth, that eventually there are portions in humanity which burst forth beyond the ordinary limits and extraordinary uh, creations leap forth. People have begun to try to prove that great men were not great, which is a very big mistake. If greatness is not appreciated by men, the world will become mean, small, dull, narrow and tamasic. That's why we have biographies which should be inspiring. And that's why very often people don't understand. They say, oh, in India there is a system of hagiography. Of course, because we appreciate greatness. That's why there is hagiography. Hagiography literally means that we immortalize and pick up any human being who is superhuman and take him to be something of the divine. That's because we appreciate and we take it as an ideal towards which mankind must strive. And not the other way around that, you know, everybody, the leveling effect that everybody is essentially the same. So here Shobindo makes it very clear to us that by greatness is meant an exceptional capacity of one kind or another, which makes a man eminent among his followers. Then of course, most great men know perfectly well that they are great. We know Vivekananda who was a vibhuti of Shiva. So when he was told that, well, and Shubindu quotes this, when he was told that you are saying this but Shankaracharya doesn't say this. Vivekananda said, but I, Vivekananda says this. Now Shubindu says that it would pass off as an arrogant statement, but it's not true, it's a factual statement. He knew that he is a greater person than Shankaracharya. So what does he have to say? He said, I Vivekananda says so. He knew that he has gone in his experiences and realizations far beyond. 
it is the power in them that is great and that power comes from the divine by their actions and greatness they help the world and aid the cosmic purpose it does not matter whether they have ego or not they are not doing yoga so if you are looking for oh no no how can somebody be great if uh, there is ego desire and all defects of nature greatness is a different phenomena altogether there may be i mean we see that arjuna toward the later part how uh, helpless he becomes he cannot even defend krishna's wives because he has lost all that power which came to him from krishna and he can't even lift up the gandiv of course you can do yoga without being great these are some of the letters there is no need of being great on the contrary humility is the first necessity for one who has ego and pride cannot realize the highest so shubindo is making it very clear aim of yoga is not to become great and it's not that you know you have to think of becoming great or try to become great but if it is there it needs to be appreciated and put in its right place all energy strong capacity power of effectuation are of importance that's what we see with the mother many things many people she how beautifully she would observe that this is good it's a beautiful capacity and turn it in her service and then shubindu says something very very interesting and almost it uh, shakes our ordinary notions as for napoleon caesar and shakespeare we know that they were all vibhuti shubindu himself has, has discovered uh, declared for instance shakespeare was a vibhuti of mahalakshmi and mahas uh, maheshwari and caesar was a vibhuti napoleon was a vibhuti of mahakali and shubindu says as for napoleon caesar and shakespeare not one of them was a virtuous man but they were great men so there is a difference between being virtuous and being great and that was your contention that only virtuous men are great men and those who have vices are not great which is an absurd contention this is something which we ordinarily don't think because we Uh, judge the greatness of human being by his moral nature of course there can be great men in terms of morality who have such a tremendous control there are examples in indian thought of uh, great human beings who in morality exaggerated to an extent that king harishchandra because he has given away the kingdom in a dream would give it the moment vishwamitra comes he says yes i know i have given you in a dream and that's enough so this is a height of morality where he literally asks money or charge from his own uh, wife when his son has died and she has to burn the boy at the ghat he says but i can't let you burn this child unless you pay me the fees and she says i have nothing with me except for this piece of cloth i can only tear it into half and that is the only thing i can gift you or i can become a slave and he says yes but i am duty bound i know i am distressed but i can't deter from my uh, rule which i have set for myself so there were people who even in moral terms were great but morality is not the requirement here that's what shubindu is pointing out or rather being virtuous all of them went after women two were ambitious unscrupulous napoleon was most arrogant and violent shakespeare stole deer napoleon lied freely caesar was without scruples i don't know where shubindu but surely he would be knowing all this about their lives because he had studied history very carefully and it 
shakes us out of our you know normal notions but do you really believe that men like napoleon caesar shakespeare were not great men and did nothing for the world or for the cosmic purpose that god was deterred from using them for his purpose because they had defects of character and vices what a singular idea why should the divine care about the vices of great men is he a policeman and look how shubindu explains what these vices are so long as one is in the ordinary nature one has qualities and defects virtues and vices when one goes beyond there are no virtues and vices for these things do not belong to the divine nature divine doesn't see like this the way we see yes certainly many great men even have often very great vices and many of them great men are not usually model characters they have more energy and the energy comes out in what men call vices as well as in what men call virtues so this is something very eye opener and at least you know when i had read it long back it had hit me very hard that this is a totally new understanding particularly uh, understanding about the vices which come out in great people how the divine sees it's about we have our notions about uh, things and there is a very different understanding and it explains many things uh, even when we look at the stories of the avatars uh, how buddha picked up angulimal or ratnakar for becoming valmiki how could they see in them that behind these defects of nature murderous instinct there is a great capacity they saw it and they could see it because they had the vision whereas we have a very different um, in look and outlook and this of course is a portion from the, the gita on vibhuti the avatar is at the same time the vibhuti so we see in shobindo's life that he is an avatar as well as a vibhuti it's not that there is a human side it's an absurd to put it like a human side even in the human side what shobindo has done is extraordinary it's it's i mean people are self realized and things like that but if you just see the output purely in terms of literary leave aside all other things the revolutionary period uh, education the ideas all that aside and if you just pick up one work of shobindo savitri we would say that he is even in his most outer nature vibhuti so there is the divine avatar can also be a vibhuti sri krishna says that that i am uh, krishna among the vrishnis this is from the point of view of nature not of the soul the divine manifests himself through infinite qualities of nature the vibhuti of the divine is therefore impersonally the manifest power of his quality it is his outflowing in whatever form of knowledge energy love strength we just saw examples of strength and the rest so again vibhuti is not just somebody who knows how to meditate and who is a you know great sage and uh, is famous like that but people who have an impact so vibhuti can be purely in the sphere of action like shiva ji he created an empire and he is the first person who in a sense created what can be called in modern terms as the india because he got it back from the mughals and later on of course that has survived that portion has survived more has been added to it so but he was a man of action and yet he was a vibhuti 
a preeminence in this inner and outer achievement a greater power of divine quality an effective energy is always the sign of course vibhuti can also be something like an extraordinary sweetness an extraordinary light or love any of these qualities knowledge strength the human vibhuti is the hero of the race struggle towards divine achievement the hero in the carlilian sense of heroism a power of god in man i am vasudev krishna among the vrishni says the lord of the gita dhananjay among the pandavas the first in each category the greatest of each group the most powerfully representative of the qualities and works in which its characteristic soul power manifests itself it is this truth which lies behind the natural human tendency to the deification of great minds and heroic characters which unfortunately is termed as hagiography but actually this is the reason that wherever we see greatness we must respect it leave aside their problems and defects yes world is full of that but it is a reflection of the divine it is not about that person it is the greatness of the divine just as when we see a beautiful pebble we appreciate it because it's such a beautiful formation or when we see a lovely wave or just a beautiful day like the breeze outside we were feeling <laughs> so all these are expressions of something in nature where it comes close to the divine its nature's attempt of really coming close and close to the divine which who is hid within for that is what all great spirits are the symbolic living weapons of vishnu powers of the divine in the upward march and battle it's known that you know in indian myths we have that so and so was the incarnation of sudarshan chakra so somebody would say how can sudarshan chakra and non living thing become an incarnation so it's a living weapon it's it doesn't it's not a mechanical weapon sudarshan chakra follows the intention in the heart of the divine and destroys darkness its function is to destroy darkness wherever it is it's a chakra of light which kills the asura simply because it destroys the darkness inside him so the jiva comes back to the lord that is his action so it's a compassionate uh you know weapon it's a living weapon so and there are incarnations of that for that is what all great spirits are this idea is innate and inevitable in any mystic or spiritual view of life which does not draw an inexorable line between the being and nature of the divine and our human being and nature it is the sense of the divine in humanity so this is um another aspect of the vibhuti that he is representing steps and stages of earth's evolutionary journey and of course we know that there can be also vibhutis of darkness max theon was a vibhuti of death there could be conversions not like mohammed ali who got converted into something very nice uh, he became very interestingly toward the end of his life he was awarded by the united nations for brokering peace a pugilist and brokering peace in which war the vietnam war now the mother has spoken about the vietnam war in a very interesting way she said the world came closest to the third world war and annihilation in three wars but the most dangerous was the vietnam war and 
she really appreciated whoever brokered the peace and one of them who was who had brokered the peace was this spiritualist who you know fought he went to jail paid a fine of 10000 dollars martin luther junior was inspired because of him he said oh you need courage i must also speak out against the war so number of people that time in america they started speaking against the war and then it spread into the world and eventually that war stopped and peace was brokered there was a pact signed in russia between us and uh, russia and vietnam in russia that they will the war will end and the mother appreciated it and there was a remark which mohammed ali had made at that time why should i go to vietnam when he was asked to go to vietnam he said when i have problems in my own backwaters in my own country there are problem of the blacks and the mother said something very interesting in along similar lines she said they are waging a war in vietnam when there is they can't take care of their own people she spoke of that and so these people become instrument whatever and this is something like a take home point for all of us whatever beautiful and glorious creature thou seest in the world whatever being is mighty and forceful among men and above man and below him know to be a very splendor light and energy of me and born of a potent portion and intense power of my existence we do just the opposite either we la- we feel jealous or we want to cut it off because we want everything to be stature to our stature so this is our response but actually it can become a way of adoration of the divine so this is another way of seeing the divine everywhere there are things of exceptional quality even if we can't see the divine in all at least we can see the divine in the becoming so that's why vibhuti yoga is part of the yoga in becoming the gita appreciate that even in the becoming there is a yoga going on and of course sri krishna says that there are many many of my vibhutis which i can't even count there are so many then how the divine acts with regard to human beings we th- we try to see the defects of nature and say oh mother should have done this the divine should have done this done that but the divine sees something very different he sees the possibilities and the capacities so here shivinda says it sees it the divine power sees the upward urge of the striving powers of the will to be towards godhead it respects welcomes encourages all high manifestations of energy and quality so whoever came here that mother i am interested in doing it a whole department came up all right anything from the smallest to the biggest the flaming tongues of the divinity the mounting greatnesses of soul and mind and life in their intensities uplifted from the levels of the lower nature towards heights of luminous wisdom and knowledge mighty power strength capacity courage heroism benign sweetness and ardor and grandeur of love and self giving preeminent virtue noble action captivating beauty and harmony fine and godlike creation what a beautiful passage this is everything that's why in the ashram we had wrestling matches and gymnastics and everything because whatever is capable of being raised and lifted should not be deprived of that opportunity even boxing the girls here no good boxing that's why people are so scared 
This is recognition. The eye of the spirit sees and marks out the rising Godhead of man in the great Vibhuti. This is a recognition of the Godhead as power. It's not, it's not the greatness of the person. It would be deluding to think that any... But it's the greatness of the divine. And wherever we see greatness of the divine, we must appreciate it. Even in the enemy. That is how we see in the, in the Mahabharata. Every time Karna pushes the chariot of Arjuna, even a few centimeters back, Krishna says, wow, wonderful, what mighty hero. So at one time Krishna says, what is it friend? I have been pushing it back sometimes a few hundred meters. You have never said, well done Arjuna. And Karna, few centimeters. He says, Arjuna, don't you see? I am sitting on this chariot with the burden of three worlds on my shoulders. Do you think it's a joke? He's pushing it a few centimeters. So even in war, to appreciate the opponent's qualities is something beautiful and divine. It doesn't mean one doesn't fight, but at least one appreciate, one doesn't depreciate. This is a recognition of the Godhead as power, but power in its widest sense, power not only of might, but of knowledge, will, love, work, purity, sweetness, beauty. And the last part, he has already spoken about it, the deformation which this power can create in human beings. People can lose balance. They can develop along one side and lose track of the other. The deformation given by the gunas is the minor, not really the major aspect. The gunas deform that power and it's working in man. And man sees the deformation, but the divine doesn't see that. The essential thing is the divine power that is finding self-expression. It is the Godhead who manifests himself in the great thinker, the hero, the leader of men, the great teacher, sage, prophet, religious founder, saint, lover of man, the great poet, the great artist, the great scientist, the ascetic, self-tamer, the tamer of things and events and forces. The work itself, the high poem, the perfect form of beauty, the deep love, the noble act, the divine achievement is a many movement of Godhead. It is the divine in manifestation. Each great being, each great achievement is a sign of her power of self-exceeding and a promise of the final, the supreme exceeding. So these are hints and suggestions of what man can become. If somebody can become a Ram Murthy, let me take that example and not a Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Ram Murthy is less well known unfortunately. Who has really not practiced any conscious yoga. He has done a few things. What could be possible if through conscious yoga we could apply it onto our physical apparatus. It would be really unlimited. So we will stop here and continue next week.